0: we <laughs>
1: Hey, how you doing? I'm your announcer, Joey Clams, and you're listening to the Genghis and Ragman Show, where a couple of metalheads talk about hard rock and heavy metal while drinking and writing craft beers from around the country. And don't forget to stick around after tonight's festivities for a one-on-one interview with our featured guest. Now for two guys who are so metal, they brush their teeth with steel wool, it's Genghis and Ragman.
2: you yeah. seem excited? I'm fine, Dave That wasn't to you. That was to fucking Paisan over there.
1: You don't care about me?
2: Not specifically, no. Dude. Fair enough. <laughs> Jeez. He's a little surly than I did, isn't he? Yep. Dude. I know a bitch about these fucking cats. I was going to
3: say, here it comes. The, the, the statement about the cats. What brewery you went to five minutes ago. <laughs> or what happened when you were at the gym or running it's, it's everything the first 15 oh, 20 no, minutes i have better stories
2: shit. i have better
3: stories no you don't you have the worst stories but let's hear
2: well, fans love it homes <laughs> no, they love. know you fucking liar <laughs> it's done i love it. uh-huh okay so if you think uh-huh. you could knit a coat out of fucking cat fur there is fucking cat fur all over the fucking floor in this fucking place. Of
3: course, that's what cats do.
2: Well, I don't know what's going on. My, my, my daughter says, I think the cat's got cancer. What does not mean cancer? She's losing a head, Dad. I'm like, she's not in fucking chemo.
3: No, it's also fucking summer is coming and they know that. So they shed their, their winter coat. Yeah. Hello. That's what I was
2: trying to fucking tell her. She's like, no, she's got cancer, Calm cancer though. the ass.
3: <laughs> i the ass out. Of.
2: <laughs> Walking today, and then I'm, I'm fucking sitting here working, and getting ready for the show in a year. Whenever I hear that noise. I know. You know? Yes, you get it. It's disgusting. It, well, especially in my house. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, so maybe, uh, big weekend last weekend. I don't know. Saw E Rex. In
3: person, yep. With started, uh, PJ Farley. you began your concert odysseys, basically. Yes, I did. I You're did. Back to live shows.
2: It was good to see Erex So he missed you. Okay. He wanted. He almost called you. Did he really? Yeah, yeah. Hey, He's yeah, like, uh, "What's Genghis's number?" <laughs> I was like, "He would love to hear from you
3: here." I, you know, if he called me, I wouldn't mind. It's I'm, i I'm not Okay, on good because I
2: did give him your number. <laughs> uh, okay.
3: No, I wouldn't mind.
2: He goes, I'm going to give him shit for not coming to the show. And he, I said, did you ever call Matt? I mean, whoever that guy is. Did you call Kangas? And he was like, nah. I figured I'd be cool. So, (laughs) dude, I got to tell you. uh, And this is one thing that Eric and I talked about early on in the pandemic was resting the voice. Oh, my God, dude. He sounded so fucking good live. Yeah. His voice was just... I mean, the last every time we see him, he performs well, sounds great. Sure, but he, he's a pro. It seemed like his voice was even stronger, and then after the show, I mean, you know, when we've talked to him before, he's kind of his voice is kind of scruff and stuff like that. Yeah. His voice was real clear and stuff like that. So, huh? So I uh, guess all
3: that the not be, sort of being on hiatus for about a year really helped his voice. You think?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, So I I noticed a big difference uh, in him, and then night two uh, I got the pleasure to see Bumblefoot and Jeff Scott Soto. Which I sent you some pictures. Yeah, 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 well, uh, so Bumblefoot came out first Uh and played by himself, and he had a computer for some backing music and stuff like that.
3: He's got a great Um, sort of catalog of his own, yeah.
2: Oh yeah, well dude, I've heard him sing with Asia. Fuck, dude, he did. Maybe I amazed oh, no. uh, by Paul McCartney. He did uh, some Queen stuff. He well, played with with f-
3: Asia, I mean, did he wasn't doing lead vo- uh, vocals. Yes, right? he took oh, over really? for John. I didn't know. No when shit. John Wetton retired, damn, I didn't know he was that good. That he could sing that well. That's wonderful. I was. I was just, what the fuck? That's badass.
2: And dude, he did this thing. It was so fucking awesome. He did. Uh, Don't Stand So Close to Me by The Police. Oh, badass. But he did the guitar, all the guitar parts. So you know how you can do a little track. Do a little
3: track. Loop. Yeah, he did a looper. Yeah, he had the loop going,
2: fuck. Badass. Motherfucker. I was like, my God, this is awesome.
3: Dude, I've been telling you for years, man. Bumblefoot is a fucking badass.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've
3: been listening to his shit for a long time.
2: So, um, after him, Jeff Scott Soto comes on solo. And he's got his laptop and he's got a guy that I guess from one of the guys he plays with in Europe Mm -hmm. playing acoustic and Jeff's singing to that, but he's also playing guitar too. Cool. And again, the pandemic voice, Jeff, oh my God, dude, I had the fucking hairs on my arms were standing up. He's just rocking it, huh? He sounded so fucking good, man.
3: Yeah, because he's one of those dudes that when he sings, he fucking belts it out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whereas Eric's more like a crooner. I mean, he can sing, and he can sing really beautiful stuff, ballads, all the stuff. And he's got a, he has got a—he can have a powerful voice, too. But Jeff, that's like what he does. Like, yeah, like Dio type yeah. shit. So that's a bigger demand on the voice uh, if you're doing that every night, I bet. It, it was pretty funny because he did...
2: And I'm not always a huge fan of this sort of thing. But um, he kind of did the thing, well, hey... You know, pick out a track you want to hear, or actually, was he's pointing to people in the audience and playing songs because Bumblefoot can. You know, Jeff was saying, so Bumblefoot comes out after that, and they start seeing people's T-shirts and they start playing music from every every band. Oh, that badass! They see. So Dio, Black Sabbath. Nice. Uh, I was wearing a Cheap Trick shirt. They were wearing. They played some Cheap Trick. Oh, nice. Uh, Gary Moore. I mean, it's just fucking crazy, and. Um, then they So then they did a set of some songs together. They played some Sons of Apollo stuff. That's true. Uh, just the two of them, kind of a cappella. Oh, my
3: God, I'm so pass, man. <laughs> you're just so, loving uh, it. This, the combination what, of a live show plus great material like that. Right, right, it. exactly,
2: exactly. i tell you what, fuck it. Let's play some Sons of Apollo so we can honor both Bumblefoot and Mr. Jeff Scott Soto. <laughs> Off their last record, MMXX. What does that spell, Holmes?
3: What? M-M-X-X? Well, it means 2020, right? uh
2: uh-huh. Look at yeah. you. Yeah. You learned something there. Oh, I've always <laughs> done. I do the Roman numerals all the
3: time. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah. Whenever I see a movie, at the end of it, I look at the very end. For some reason, it always puts the year that the movie was made in the credits. It always puts yeah. it in Roman numerals. So I can always read what those are. I was like, oh, 1979. Oh, look at you. It's my party trick, Holmes. Ragman. What?
1: You're <laughs> sadly mistaken.
2: How am I sadly mistaken? It's MMXX.
1: <laughs> You're <Yeah>, right. It's Mix.
2: <laughs> yeah, someone's going to name their fucking record Mix.
1: Damn straight. I was a consultant on that record. I just wanted to give you that information.
2: Uh huh. Oh, thank you for that. I appreciate it. So, I tell you what, uh,. We're going to kick into the song once it kicks into the real groove. But the beginning is so fucking cool. It's just like some really cool little instrumental stuff. So last song on the record, uh, New World Today. Uh, actually, this is this record took a while for me to get into. Uh, the first record just blew my ass away. But yeah, the second one took a little bit longer. It's really proggy. So I think you would really dig it, Genghis. I don't know if you really checked that one out. But it's definitely worth checking out. We'll i So, yeah, I mean, live shows are back uh, next weekend. Uh I'm going to have to uh, probably record a day early again because I've got a double shot. No way. A winger on Friday, Night Ranger on Saturday. Sweet. The double-double, Holmes.
3: It's a double-double-double-double.
2: Exactly. The in exactly. and out
3: The in and out special.
2: Exactly. Oh, I, do you like the in and out
3: I've never fucking been.
2: Why not? What's wrong with
3: you? Where is one? Where do they grow you? Is there is one, one in right? Katy? Like I'm there's, gonna go to fucking Katy. Which one in Sugarland? Like I'm gonna go to Sugarland. That's there's a whole other fucking town. There's three every, in the middle of fucking nowhere in every direction. That's of course you, you would not that. not down the block.
2: I'm not gonna go.
3: Fuck exactly. It. <laughs> not for a fucking burger when I can get a good burger right down the street. Why would I fucking go farther? I gotcha. Look at you. You just can't wait to get out of the fucking house. Or well, tomorrow,
2: I'm going to be good. I'm probably going to stay in because it's going to fucking rain liar. all day.
3: <laughs> Only because it's going to rain all day. Well, it's a good excuse. I really,
2: this These fucking you cats have been a mess of this place. Up.
3: Exactly. Yeah, look look at this shit. I come home to this shit. Like, I don't know that. It's I everywhere. I live in a house full of cats. You think I don't know what that's like?
2: Oh, yeah, you're the creepy cat guy with five cats. Oh, yeah, basically. <laughs> I admit it, but Well, I mean, what can I tell you? What can I say? All right. uh, I can say I'm thirsty and I want Mr. G to give me a beer. Mr. G? Let's do this. Ah! Ah! ah. Alright. Let's pour this bad boy up. Oh, it smells great. That's a party beer, Bob. Don't fuck me. Don't fuck me! Right.
3: You thing
2: Alright. Find anything on that peasant. About what? tonight's ale of the show, Holmes.
3: What, did you send it to me?
2: Yeah.
3: You're a liar. Would you put it in the general? You liar. You're a liar. Oh, in the beer of the show? Yeah, you actually put it in the right spot?
2: It is under the beer of the show.
3: Holy shit. What the hell is even wrong with you? Let's see, it looks like a little Juicy Fish, yeah? So, let me let me guess. I wanted to use my crystal ball here. Uh, is it possible it's some sort of an IPA?
2: Bingo. was yes. his oh, name, o yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: So, Juicy Fish from Weld Works Brewing Company, which is out of uh, where are they out of uh
2: Greeley, Colorado. No
3: shit. This is a hazy double IPA brewed with Citra, Lotus, and Azaka hops in collaboration with Pint House Pizza in Austin, Texas. Really? Boom. Huh. How you like them, man? Boom, <laughs> Yeah, according to these guys, it says Pint House Pizza knows IPAs backwards and forwards as evidenced by their numerous awards at the Great American Beer Festival, the World Beer Cup, and Three Floyd's Alpha King Challenge. Damn. Thus, it only made sense that we create a mashup of Juicy Bits... And their flagship hazy IPA, Electric Jellyfish. Oh, wow. Thus, Juicy Fish. We decided to up the ante a touch by making it an 8.6 DIPA and utilize Citra Lotus and Azaka Hops for huge bursts of of papaya, guava, pineapple, grapefruit, and apricot with a silky smooth mouthfeel to support. Boom. I like them apples. I like it. Look who I'm asking. (laughs) Dr. IPA
2: over there. Oh, so, did you see the ca- the, so the can's pretty cool.
3: It's fairly, yeah, It's pretty, there's not a lot to it, but yeah, it's nice. It's got the cool, like, uh, mellow kind of feel to it. It's, not, it's like you're looking into a pool of water. And With, it it looks like there's
2: piss stains in it. No, I think those are, sh- those are shadows. It's like the little yellow stains in it.
3: So I think there's supposed to be shadows of fish swimming under the water there.
2: Oh, is it? It's see yeah. that or I thought it was the juice. like somebody poured orange juice in there. I don't know.
3: Uh, I, I, would, I would stick to just drink.
2: <laughs> no shit. Probably a good idea. So look at this puppy.
3: Uh-huh. Looks like every other hazy IPA, sure.
2: It had a nice head on it. It's just kind of gone down since I poured it out. but.
3: Um... Right. It looks a little watery, the head. I mean, like it doesn't look all kind of maybe soapy, kind of. Yeah, yeah, very soapy lazy.
2: Yeah, that's cool. Nice, um, nice. The aroma is just phenomenal. It smells mm-hmm. like papaya.
3: Wow. Kind of like so- they were saying so smell and look. It's not as hazy as I would expect. It, it almost looks a little bit watery, and oh, like it's I almost hazy. feel. I mean, I it's see like the, some of them. Yeah, I see the shadow of your hand, but I almost feel like I can kind of see your hand on the other side of the glass, which means it's not quite as thick as I thought. But maybe, maybe it is. Maybe that's just the trick of the camera. Not thick enough. <laughs> but you're getting better.
2: All right, let's try this. Uh, so a little clinkage. So aroma for appearance. Four. It's very yeah. I mean, who we very kidding, good yeah,
3: here. We know where this is going, as always. He's gonna make the face, and say, "Oh my god!" It is a little watery. Is it really?
2: Yeah. Oh, and you it. can taste the alcohol, and it's warmed up just a hair because uh, okay. I was running my choppers. Um, but but good though, I bet, huh? It's really good. I don't know if I'd go four. Oh really? Um, it's not quite as rich.
3: And it looks like it's... See, that's the thing. The watery part; it doesn't look as kind of creamy as is a lot of those yeah. are. Is but that, you know what? Let's see right? what
2: comes out at the end. Sometimes all
3: a bunch of junk at the end, like like Afterbirth.
2: Yeah. Well, it's so funny. You can have some of these, and they kind of look like this. And you pour in the bottom of the can, it like, oh, the it's like, it's like a cloud. Yeah. It's like,
3: what happened? It got cloudy all of a sudden. All that. Yes, all that sediment. I mean, that's the hazy part, right? So there's yeah. probably some set, sediment in there.
2: It's it's pretty hazy i mean i can't see
3: through it but okay i never know if it's i mean is it okay to drink that sediment and stuff or do you i, th- yeah, I thought you were supposed to kind of there. keep it out of there
2: it doesn't if hurt nothing i remember there were some beers we had and it the sediment was so fucking chunky yeah it's and funky it was it's like nasty yeah, yeah it's
3: like what is that shit? you worry this like it looks like clumps of like wet toilet paper or something. yeah yeah well like, it kind of
2: burns your shit. throat too right oh i don't really? know if okay. you remember
3: that no so maybe it's just kind of it's concentrated bits or whatever. So it At least tastes- in
2: some of the IPAs or double IPAs if you get that, it get, it burns your throat you're just like oh, you just wow. rinse out the glass. Yeah. That's cool. So three and a half. Three and a half. That's still pretty good. Yeah, I dig. All right. So you got a tune over there?
3: Uh yeah, yeah. Why don't we do a little something here? Let me pick something out of the out of the bits here. How about a little something from uh Hyro the Hero? You heard of Hiro guys? Hiro the Hero, who are they? Yeah, off better noise music. Uh, This one, it's uh, featuring uh, Brandon Saller of Atreyu. Uh, Oh, I
2: I like Atreyu.
3: Yeah, so uh, he's in on some of this. Uh, And uh, let's just go with it. I think the song is called Legendary.
2: Legendary. Yeah.
0: I become a legend
2: some stuff out of your ass i like it
3: that's what i do there's a lot of stuff up there i gotta get it out
2: <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> kind of plugged up back there
3: what the hell is all this
2: so um you got a story over there
3: yeah let's uh let's go into our stories over here there's a lot of funky uh shit going on these days for instance, I want to start off with. Let me see if I can find it because I was. Uh, I found this a heart. Every now and then you get a heartwarming story, and that's always nice. And that is uh, there was this kid. I mean, I guess it started with a Twitter post. And that is this chick. Uh, I think she's an English gal. Her name's I think Gemma Light. And mm-hmm. uh, she had a. Uh, she has a little girl, uh, Edie, a little six-year-old daughter, and she was in. Uh, uh, Art class or something like that, Uh, and she drew a a picture, or painted a picture rather, and um, she showed it, you know, to her teacher, like, "Hey, here's my project or whatever." Yo, check this out. And apparently, the teacher told her, "No, you did it wrong." I mean, it's art. It's like there is no wrong. It's art. So, uh, so the kid was all bummed. She went home and she was all sad, and so her mother got on Twitter and said, "Hey." My six year old daughter painted this amazing scene at an after school art club. Her art teacher told her she had done it wrong. You can't do our wrong. She was so upset as art is her favorite thing to do. Can you please show Edie some support and like her painting? This is off a of loud wire. So mm-hmm. guess who responded? Mr. Paul who? Stanley of KISS Holmes. PS Holmes? Yeah, P- and From the soul machine, Holmes? <laughs> exactly, Holmes. He soul station. Excuse me, I'm hard. sorry, <laughs> Paul. He said, uh, quote, he said... Uh, in- you have to
2: read this with a lisp, though.
3: <laughs> I know. This is great. Uh, no, he said, uh, Edie, your art is awesome. There is no such thing as doing art wrong. There are only teachers who are wrong. Your art shows amazing freedom and spirit. How can that be wrong? Keep doing exactly what you're doing. I love it. So not only him, but a bunch of other people, you know, just hundreds of people just saying this is great. Some some chick even came in and said, you know what? Your art actually reminds me of a uh, of a French artist, Raoul Dufy, who uh, paints very similarly. Lots of bright colors and, and yeah. uh, that kind of stuff. And so in any case, you know, the kid really felt good about herself after that, which is kind of nice after. I mean, imagine you're six years old, dude. You know what I mean? It's like I'm just I'm just a kid over here. And yeah. you're in art class, and they say, "Hey, busy yourselves." You know, most of that shit's art, busy work, right? We know better, right? The teacher, yeah, go like, do some stuff while I screw off over here in my in my office. And so the kid does it, and she she just shits on her by telling her she did it wrong. It's like, what's shit. wrong with you? Go man. fuck yourself. Yeah, it's like, you believe that? So, and, I, and I'm not saying anything like, "Hey, let's get this inspired fired" or something like that. That's a little harsh. But here, I'm am posting the the picture the kid did in the in the. In we wanted to point. hear
2: some funny. So, the Munchkin had her uh, artwork for some like English pro- project, and uh-huh. she had that little stick figures falling off a boat. I'm like, <laughs> that looks like a two year old did it. Yeah, I mean that does, that's not bad.
3: Yeah, with that uh, the painting there, the first one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then there's a the French guy, Frenchie and, and that's then they, his
3: art. I mean, it is in some ways kind of similar. And that yeah. guy's a freaking accomplished adult artist. So the point being that, like you said, art—it's not like it was supposed to be photorealistic. I mean, she's right. a six-year-old, so I think that looks pretty cool. I don't think. Oh, I, I do, do too. I cool. think I like it's it better than cool. the
2: French guys think.
3: Exactly. So anyway, I thought that was really nice that Paul said that, and uh, yeah, so that dude, is cool. She came on later, did a little video that her mother, uh, you know, put on Twitter that said, you know, thank you, everyone, for saying nice things about my painting and stuff. And then she said, if you don't want to buy my painting, you can find it on my Etsy art store. And, and then her mom laughs because it's like, it's the first time I heard about some Etsy art store. What are, oh, really? OK, what are you doing I thought over they were there,
2: trying kid? to pimp it out because of the fucking media
3: no, but, I mean, the idea that the kid, I mean, she's six years old, she's already like, yeah, I think I'll start an Etsy store. It's like, how the hell do you know what Etsy is, kids? Like, these kids growing up with the internet. So that was kind of hilarious. But uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I thought that was nice. You know, finally a heartwarming story. And, and of all people, virtual Saint Paul Stanley.
1: I gotta say, I got a little bit of a tear in my eye.
3: <laughs> that was a sweet story. You're right, Paisan. Yeah, you got that start with a little pig me up.
1: Uh, you do know that, uh, Colin is, uh, representing the little girl now,
2: right? <laughs> it's not shocking. Nah, no, I do not supposed to. How does
3: he have his fucking hands in everything? I don't know, dude. Those big, beefy, uh, fucking glove-covered hands. He's, he's, he's in everything. I, I
2: think I heard something in the back office, and he was, like, pissed off. He goes, yeah, the little girl's got talent. I fucking told you a million fucking times. Do I need... Did you hear what I said? Do I need to send someone for you?
3: All right, I think
2: like, you hit. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it's not, it sounded like something out of the fucking Goodfellas or something like that. <laughs> and then and then he saw me kind of looking in. The door slammed.
3: Yeah, no shit. Like, fuck. See, you he gave why me a go-to-hell look. I, I got the fuck out of there. You, yeah, you wonder why I don't hang around that dude anymore. He gives me the creeps, Holmes.
2: <laughs> but he cleaned himself up. The beard he was, was looking, gone and everything.
3: No shit. He's, he's back in action, huh?
2: He got some new seeds. He got some surgery time. Max
3: back in town, Holmes.
2: Yeah. Well, you <laughs> know what his seeds, he's got colored seeds now. Ah, shit. Yeah. He, like all, little rhinestone he's, seeds. He's glammed up. Ah, shit. Yeah, right. a little bit.
3: You got to watch out for that guy. Exactly. <laughs> so you want to take in the, the next story or you want me to go on? Go on, Python. You do it so well. This one, this one's kind of, it's kind of funny and creepy at the same time. (laughs) Funny
2: and creepy. Should I tell John to shut off his mic? Oh,
3: shit. This is uh, from NME, I don't know what that is, uh, some online, you know, music site. And it says here, according to this article, deceased drummer sits behind his own kit at his funeral. What? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So apparently, according to this article, uh says a bizarre video has emerged of a deceased drummer being propped up behind a drum kit at his own funeral. The family That's of musician <laughs> the family of musician Brentnell McPherson, aka Bonnie Brent, planned the unusual tribute as a final memory of his musical talent. Of course I've never fucking heard of it. You can see yeah. footage of McPherson below, which was shared by Covenant Funeral Homes Incorporated, of course. The Ontario based company who administered the memorial as well as pictures that have since gone viral. Be advised that the images may be distressing to some readers. <laughs> distressing. And it's literally, I mean, the dude's made up and propped up behind. It's like he's going to do a set or something. You're like, Holy this shit. dude is dead, bro. Like, why <laughs> is he propped up behind? I mean, you know, who are we to tell people how to mourn, I guess. But it's a, certainly an unusual way to commemorate your deceased
2: <laughs> Dude, that almost sounds like something out of Spinal Tap.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, this is actually a YouTube video rather than a, a picture, but I'll go ahead and uh, and post it in the Discord so you can see it. It's just it's just kind of a wild idea, and hopefully not something that'll catch on. Because I mean, imagine I don't know. I don't want to be too disrespectful, but I mean, I mean, if, but if you think about it, the reason people think of this and go, "What the fuck?" Because you, in your mind, you picture it's like, all right, that's this story. So naturally, we'll see this story happen again. Someone will do it. And of course, someone will up the ante. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, imagine if, uh, like, well, I don't know. Imagine if the Jackson 5 or something, you know, like a group of kids, Hanson or somebody, all of them died at once. And then they propped them up like the band on stage, like all of them together. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. what else can you do? It's like, well, these guys, because that's how it works, right? The human mind, they go, well, this guy did it. So that means we can do it. But let's do something different, right? Let's add a little something extra, like maybe the
2: holograms s- aren't working, mate,
3: or something. Yeah, it's like well, I don't know. I think maybe back the the original way of just putting people in a coffin is just fine. I don't yeah, think we need yeah. to come up with new shit.
2: Put a little picture so, back there, or a little cu- cardboard cutout.
3: Something, yeah. It's like, I we don't, don't
2: need, we need his corpse there. staring at us.
3: It's a little, it's a little weird. Like I said, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to the family. I just put it in the Discord, but. He's in like a tracksuit or something, sitting behind his drum kit with all the flowers around him. Yeah, and I see that. Uh, and I just uh yeah, I think I would pass on that one for yeah, I don't for think my so. family. But you know, hey, and everybody, like I said, mourns differently, I guess that's to each his own, right?
2: So his name was Bonnie Brent? What guy's name
3: Bonnie? Well it's Brenton L. McPherson. Oh. Uh, and so they just he's got like a nickname, Bonnie Brent. Oh, Bonnie okay, L. I got you. Yeah, Bonnie, of course, is uh, like a Scottish for uh, pretty, right, or lovely. So yeah. uh, he's lovely Mr. Brent, so... He's
2: quite lovely, mate.
3: Bonnie Brent, right? <laughs> he's so, quite
2: uh, lovely, mate.
3: Yeah. He's a lovely man, mate. So oh, he he was, is. He's a, He was a lovely one, he right. was. He's right over there behind the drums. Say hello. <laughs> 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 and they start playing like fucking Moby Dick... <laughs> Bonnie's getting after <laughs> it, mate. Oh my god! I don't know. Yeah, let's just say I'm trying not to go too disrespectful, but it's it's we'll an unusual story. It's an unusual story. A little so bit, a little at bit. At this point, if you want to do a song, we can do that, or just go to the next story because there's plenty. Let's more. go to
2: a song. I want to play a band that I'm really into called Kill the Lights. Kill lights. the lights. Uh, the band's call are the album's called The Sinner. All right. Sinner, 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 sinner. My voice is fucked up. I can't do uh, it. From yelling at the uh, while we go with the track Fucking every track on this is good. How about shed my skin? Right. Ladies and gentlemen, we are gathered in the darkness to
1: witness the broken and alone, bury the demons and take back their lives. We will no longer fear you, but will rise from the ashes and burn you to the ground. There will be no mercy, there will be no surrender.
2: Good people over there. So, I, I guess I could take the next little story over there. Let me get my shit together. Um, this one comes from the main vein, Holmes. <laughs> Here he so, vein's back, dude, after a 12-year hiatus. And I remember Chad Smith saying, I'll never go back, mate. We're done, mate. No more mud vein." Uh, and guess what, Holmes? Hell yeah, it yeah, ends vein. and. I think I'll go back to Mudvayne.
3: I know. What you say Do your little Mudvayne? <laughs>
2: no shit. I never said that, mate. It's like, let's play the recording where you said that. No, that was not me, mate. That was someone else. I was like, really? Yeah. Don't, don't. Just disregard that, right? Oh, so, uh, dude, I got to tell you what. I'm fucking jacked up. I love some vein. All
3: right. Yeah, I do like Mudvayne as well. Definitely. I bet you do like the vein.
2: Fuck you, John. <laughs> Yeah, you're real funny. Real fucking funny you are. Uh, but no, I, uh, let me get to the story here. So, um... So Mudvayne, one of the most creative and distinctive bands in the aggressive music world, has announced that they're reuniting after a 12-year hiatus and will be performing at all four Danny Wimmer's Presents U.S. festivals in 2021. Incarceration Carceration Music and Tattoo Festival... Uh, that's in Ohio, Louder Than Life, in Kentucky, Aftershock in California, and Welcome to Rockville in Florida. These dates mark the band's first show since 2009. Uh, and Genghis, I gotta say, when we saw The Vane on, uh, Ozfest, you and I were both fucking blown away. We were
3: tripping, dude, especially from Homeboy, the bass player.
2: Well, it was funny, I was talking to somebody about Mudvane earlier, uh, and I was like, dude, it was so funny because when Genghis and I went and saw them at Ozfest years ago, uh, we would we could not focus on anything but the bass player because he's just—he's
3: a monster, dude. What
2: would you say about him? Would you just say he's one? He's an incredible musician. Yeah, but he's. He's a kind of an odd-looking dude. He's got the big <laughs> eyes, and he's just making the weird faces. He like, walking around the stage. Not he's like intense. Robert
3: Trujillo or anything like that, but... Yeah, but he's an intense dude. I mean, he's, yeah. like, really, like, he's into it, and he's really... You know, some people, when they play, it's not a... I guess maybe for some people, they do put on, like, a weird act or adopt a persona. But some people, it's like they just do, you know, interesting things while they play. Like, you know, Joe Cocker has this thing, and I'm sure that's a... That's a... What do you call it? a, a, a Like a... A physical ailment. Yeah. I mean, that shake, shaking thing he's got. Maybe it's some sort of cerebral palsy or something. I don't know what it is. But the point is, uh, the, then there's people that's just like, I don't know. They make weird faces. Like Steve Vai makes the weirdest faces when he yeah. plays and does weird shit. Uh, you know, I, this guy, I think his name's Ryan Martine, Martini. Uh, he makes some weird, uh, I mean, he stands weird. He's like intense. He's, you can tell he's just like, he's like into it, man. Feeling he's- the fuck out of
2: it. He's a true musician, too. Oh, but he plays the fuck out of that bass. Oh, yeah, Yeah, Yeah. his
3: musicianship is unquestioned, man. He's amazing.
2: And and it's funny because I'll tell you another guy. um, I don't know his name. He's in Sons of Texas, a bass player for Sons of Texas. Just He's a younger guy and just fucking plays the fuck out of the bass. And there's very few bands where I stare at the bass player. You know, there's Billy Sheehan, of course. There was Geddy Lee.
3: Yeah, it's usually an amazing guy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, but there's some other guys like uh, Ryan Martini or the guy from Sons of Texas. You're like, fuck. You're just witnessing the fucking musicianship. Usually for me, it's singer, guitar player. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, uh, but
3: th- when this, they're like this, it's like he's just a, like a, f- a force of nature, right? <laughs> you're like, what mm-hmm. is this? It's like you're watching a little tornado or something happen on stage. You're like, oh, like, I just put something in the Discord. That's one of his many looks. I mean, he's got quite the serious look to him. <laughs> he fucking looks like an alien there. Yeah, dude, but he also looks like, don't fuck with me, dude, because I will be. Oh, dude, he's fucking on.
2: rocked up, too.
3: Yeah. Like, yeah. he's a skinny dude, but he would warp your fucking ass problem yeah, he looks yeah he looks wiry like look like, let's fucking rant let's wrestle dude because i'll whoop your ass well yeah, dude I mean, he could, he's intense you know man. what
2: if you think about it that guy could have probably been in an actor in movies just with his look and not even had a speaking role yeah, just true. be a badass in, like a mad max type movie or something like I that i see you know? that
3: yeah i mean he's definitely got like i said he's got a presence and sometimes i mean it's amazing what that can count for i mean to have that and have the fucking serious talent to back it up is a pretty amazing combination. That's why, like I said, like you said, we were just riveted just looking at this guy like, holy shit, this guy. You know, the whole band sounded amazing. It was a great concert and it obviously didn't take away for anything. I posted another picture in there. Look at that one, man. It's
2: like. I'd be curious awesome. to see what he was up to during the hiatus. God only
3: knows, dude. Yeah, you get all these space- pictures of him with makeup. We saw him without makeup. Yeah, yeah. Even without makeup, he's pretty uh, pretty yeah. fucking intense looking. I mean, he's a serious dude. Uh, just because he's, you know, he's a fucking badass. Oh know? yeah, totally. And I, res- I respect the fucking yeah. Here he is without uh, makeup, just him, just sitting like I'm just play the fuck out of this base. How about that? Check that, down. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, he, he looks like a fucking like a street brawler there. He does. I mean, he's he's a bad motherfucker. So uh, but look at no. the base. It looks tiny. I know because he's I've just got me great. tiny base, mate. It is I, like a smaller version, but it's probably because it's just mean that motherfucker is primed and ready for serious fucking playing he's like strip the shit i don't need out of there you know i don't need extra pickups and weird you know like Sheehan's got that double you know where he plugs two different cables into it to go to different amps and shit like that he does a lot of funky shit which is you know not theater or anything i mean he's doing some probably some really amazing shit with that but right it's like just give me a fucking bass and i'll go nuts on it (laughs) <laughs> it and looks was, like
2: a baby bass, Holmes
3: I know, dude It's like you say, Let me play your bass, little baby.
2: He's like, I'm a little man So I have to have a little bass
3: Wouldn't it be amazing if you ever met him? He's like five foot tall Just this little motherfucker she's <laughs> like <Damn>. borderline dwarf <laughs> no, Call me like,
2: Ryan the Dwarf And I'll whoop your ass, mate
3: I know No, it would be pretty cool To, to see him again in concert Just
2: Oh, fuck just, yeah, dude just go Fuck yeah, and, yeah. Well, I tell you what Why don't we play some Mudvayne? Sure. Uh, why don't we grab something off? I think this one of our last records. Uh, Lost and Found, 2005. Uh, I love the song I Think You Do, Too Paisan. How about a little. Are you feeling happy, Holmes? Yes. Let's do it.
0: me The dead are rolling over
3: fact did you know this that apparently according to the latest news zach wilde isn't involved in the making of ozzy osbourne's next studio album
2: not surprising yeah he wasn't involved in the last one either
3: but but then i guess the question i don't know about because i assume uh gus g is long gone from the band so who's doing the guitar work who's writing it well they had that
2: one producer guy last time right
3: that is what it says here, according to Blabbermouth. It says that Ozzy recently revealed that he's working on a new LP with producer Andrew Watt, who previously helmed the legendary Black Sabbath singer's 12th solo effort last year's Ordinary Man. But it's like, okay, is he a fucking guitarist? Is he going to yeah, do the solos and stuff too? Yep. See, how In that, that last that record, I was not he, impressed. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I bet he can play... But I doubt he's like on the level of, because you, you don't just want a guy who can do rhythm. You're like, I'm going to need some amazing lead work because I'm fucking Ozzy Osbourne, right? Jakey right. Lee, Randy Rhodes, Zach Wild, Gus G., and now a guy who's so, what does he do? He's a producer. You know, unless he's fucking uh, our boy Dan Huff. What do you right, right. expect out of this guy?
2: Telling Marty Friedman's like, no, that's not wrong, mate. Let's do it. Like this. All right. Dude, because I remember an interview back in the day with uh, Mustaine and Marty Friedman saying, Fucking Dan Huff was a fucking monster on the guitar.
3: He is, dude. I feel like that's why yeah. I love Dan. It's, it's. I, I'm sad that he's gone producer just because that's less of him rocking shit, you know, in front of the mic. You know,
2: I think he's just producing country records now too. I was like, what a wasted talent. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, there's if, more if, money if, with that, though, right? I get that's that. That's the thing,
3: and that's the thing. And I respect him. You know, as, hey, if that's how you make a living and you're good at it, by all means, go for it. I just miss, you know, just the all we it. have is what two giant records, and that's about it. Yeah, pretty much. And then, like, that's all I get can squeeze out of it, you know? In fact, that's probably, uh, I think I, you know, I decided just now that's going to be my uh, classic.
2: Well, but, you know uh, what? It, it, they put out a third Giant record, and Dan wasn't on it. It was his brother Stan.
3: Then what's the point? Yeah.
2: Wait a minute. I know what you're doing. <laughs>
3: You almost got me there, you fucker.
2: No, for real. His brother was on there, but it was—I don't know his
3: name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stan Huff. That'd be hilarious, dude. It's like we didn't do that joke; they did it. Exactly. I promise it's real. You can't
2: rot this shit, mate. What well, kind?
3: Like, nobody would believe us. It's like nah, no I—I
2: I had you per second. You're like, oh yeah, oh fuck you.
3: <laughs>
2: uh, 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 uh. That was funny. Your awesome. face was funny, Holmes. That was
3: a good one, also. <clears throat> was like, I was buying into it. I was like, this motherfucker, wait a minute.
2: Yeah, so you know what? I, it, actually, it goes into the I don't give a shit pile with Ozzy. I mean, when oh, okay. he had legitimate, again, the producer guy, he was okay. Mm-hmm. But it's just not my thing. I mean, it was like he had Post Malone on the song. It's like, I need to get in more of a pop vein. Yeah, and that's kind of that... what this is to me. It's right. Pop Ozzy, it's not meat and potatoes. Gus G was gonna take him back to the fucking glory days. I talked to him about that, he goes, I went to Ozzy, he said we gotta do, go old school Randy Road shit, and Ozzy's like, now I got this written, mate.
3: Yeah, see that's the thing, I don't say that to shit on Andrew White, I don't know the dude, for all I know he's great. You know, And, and as a producer, that's fine, I have no yeah. idea what his credibility is and I'm not questioning it. All I'm saying is, usually, if Ozzy's going to do a new album, uh, a solo album, he's going to have an amazing guitarist on it. Right. And if Andrew is an amazing guitarist, then I guess my brain, the little voice back in my head says, then why haven't I fucking heard of him? You know what I mean? Right, <laughs> right, right. I'm not, like I said, not trying to shit on him. Maybe he's amazing. That would be great. Good for Ozzy. Maybe
2: he is. I mean, the songs I heard, I was not blown away
3: by the okay. guitar work. No,
2: it much. was just generic shite, in my opinion. I didn't care for it.
3: Hey, you know, uh, I think
2: it's, it's sold okay. I yeah. mean, he got it. He got he got relevant with Post Malone on there, right? So,
3: yeah. I, it, and to me, that, I think
2: they're just looking to make a buck at this point, you know? Because yeah. Ozzy's not going to tour. Let's be honest. Right. He may do a few shows here and there, but is is the, are these albums really selling that much?
3: Yeah, I think that might have been to a lot of people that just kind of smacks of maybe a desperation, right? It's like, if now you're doing duets with Post Malone, the likes of him, it's like, where is your career sitting at this point? Right. Is this a guy? Do you know who that is? Huh? That's Dan Huff. Holy shit.
2: Yeah. He looks like a- He looks my science teacher. He looks like a comedian from the 80s. He does. He's Bob Saget. He's- (laughs) What is his name? What's another? He looks totally Uh, different,
3: dude. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, Giant, what was that, like 25, 30 years ago or something? Yeah. Yeah, but
2: fuck. He cut his a, hair, mate. But what a band, dude. I mean... He looks like my principal.
3: That's some of that... I'm in my head. I'm hearing that some of that solo work, and it's just it's Oh, I'm, I've got, got it in my head, it's too. It's phenomenal
2: today. Last of the Runways, that record? Forget yeah, about it.
3: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's going to be my pick for classic, because that was some serious fucking rocking. Anyway, uh, so that's that. Like we said, uh, you know, the story was from... Uh, was from uh, blabbermouth and, and I don't think there's much more to it. I don't know that he's gonna like like you said, I guess to be honest, I'm like it'll come out when it comes out and I don't know that I really give a shit. Yeah, it goes into <laughs> I
2: don't give a shit pile. And I yeah. guarantee I dude, I fucking bet you I bet you a six pack of beer. Yeah. That there's another pop icon type person that's involved on a let's do a do up, mate.
3: Yeah. Well, I bet like, you. It does say here, for what that's worth, he said, like Ordinary Man, which featured Watt on guitar, Duff McKagan on bass, and Chad Smith on drums. Who gives a fuck? Ozzy's next album will feature guest appearances by a number of notable musicians. So, uh, they've already done, he said, he started doing basic tracks with Chad and Robert Trujillo, uh, who used to play in Ozzy's band. And Taylor Hawkins also came in and played a bunch on the record as well, which adds a different flair. Uh, he said and harken back to Ozzy's '80s era in a great way. It's like, really? Uh, but that's all he says. He's not given any clues as to who else is on there. So I'm like, like, like you said, it's like not to shit on Ozzy, just to shit on Ozzy. I'm just, I don't, uh, I don't really care. How cool
2: would it be though? Say this is his swan song record. Okay. He makes amends with Jakey Lee. He gets Zach Wild, Fuck yeah. Brad Gillis. I mean, anybody that played with him, yeah. Gusty. Yeah,
3: and, and yeah, each one songs. does a track. Yeah, they guest solo yeah. on a track or something. That would be fantastic, and that would be a great way to go. Yeah, you know, even even if you just had like that, like a handful, like maybe four or five, new songs. And the rest, maybe I don't know, remasters or something, or almost like a greatest hits, but maybe acoustic versions. Whatever, it doesn't have to be a full blown brand new. Because really, like I like I'm saying, where I'm going with this is like, I can't see Ozzy writing any more hits, dude. I think his time has kind of passed in that respect. You yeah, know? I agree. But if he just had each of those guys come in and say, hey, you know what, let's do this as sort of like a tribute to all of, you know, our, my past as a way to sort of go out, like you say, like a swan song. And maybe even if you can, and I know that some people will say it's a, it's a cynical cash grab, but if you could find some unreleased Randy Rhodes song to, to be the cherry on the top, that would be the fucking shit. Don't you think? Yeah. Um... I, could, I could see that. Maybe there isn't anything left, but that would be kind of cool.
2: Who, I think we had this debate before on, I mean, you take out any guitar players ever played with them, and then you plug in somebody. Who would be, say, the next badass all-star guitar player you'd like to hear on an Aussie record?
3: Well, the thing when you do that is you can't just say, this dude is a badass guitarist, so he's in. You have to go... He's a great guitarist, can flashy, brilliant soloing, but he has to basically be able to write shit that sounds like Ozzy. Because you couldn't right. bring in, for instance, Ingve uh, Malmsteen, no. and have that be a fucking Ozzy record. It would just sound like fucking Malmsteen and Ozzy singing over it, which would sound ridiculous. Right, right. So it has to be a guy that can kind of play in that style, you know. And so, and by that, I don't mean it has to sound like Zac Wild or, or Black Label Society, but something that's sort of a traditional, you know. Metal, almost not AOR. That's going too far, but something sort of a meat and potatoes kind of metal in that sort of Ozzy style. Ozzy kind of has his own style, you know. Even though yeah, he had all yeah, those different guitarists, you can tell an Ozzy song. Not just from the vocals, but it has a certain sort of. They all kind of have that certain sort of sound to them. He never did anything that was so unusual and weird that you're like, "This is Ozzy." You know right. I can't think. Of, can't think of anything like that. So uh, I agree. I, I can't. Th- who Who would you pick? Can you think of anybody?
2: But that's what I was trying to think. I mean, because one of my favorite guitar players right now is Simone Milleroni, But I don't know if Simone's really the guy for that, right? I don't um, think so.
3: Yeah, he'd be doing too proggy stuff,
2: probably. Uh, Jorn Viggo Lofstadt might be kind of cool. Yeah?
3: How about maybe, do you think, like, Doug Aldridge could pull it off?
2: I think Aldridge could. Yeah, it would be more of a, well...
3: Because, you know, hmm. like, he fits into Whitesnake. And that's basically, you know, Ozzy's sound isn't too different from that that classic heyday of White you know, kind of poppy, you know, could play on the radio but still heavy, you know, yeah, and then just throwing some nice flashy guitar. Dude, work I over th- it.
2: you know, I think he I think Aldridge would be really a nice fit because he the stuff he did with Lion wasn't super bluesy, um, but he could be flashy when he wants to be flashy, right? Yeah. Exactly. And that's what you want. You want that
3: classic, flashy,
2: fucking Aussie.
3: Yeah. Or how about you know back in his? Because I think he's kind of sorry, but uh, but I think he's kind of lost his flash. Uh, Vinnie Campbell, but like prime era Vinnie Campbell. Yeah, that would or be. Or Vivian I mean, Campbell is what I'm thinking of. I guess. Vivian could
2: probably still do it now. He's doing that last line thing.
3: Okay, but and
2: the other. What one about is- Lynch?
3: Because Lynch maybe. was considered for Ozzy, but Lynch always had his own sort of style, and so when he writes, because he,
2: <laughs> fucking Ozzy singing Lynch, Bob,
3: <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Because that's the thing is, realistically, whatever guitarist is writing it, it's basically going to be the guitarist's right. music, and then Ozzy's just the vocalist on it. So, but here's maybe who's somebody else who might fit. How about what's that guy who uh, who recently said uh, 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 Hoekstra? What, Joel Hoekstra? Yeah. He? Basically, you want a guy who's flashy but also kind of bluesy, yeah. not so bluesy that it's that it doesn't sound right. I mean, you wanted that, like I said, kind of have that nice crunch, like a, like that really heavy White Snake period.
2: What about like uh, Pontus Northern? Maybe. I mean, his sound when he was in Talisman it was heavy yeah. and flashy.
3: It makes me think for a second there. My brain said, "Hey, consider this: in his prime, in his heyday, like around the White Snake era." Imagine Sykes playing with us I was about to say. <laughs> Wouldn't that be kind of cool? Oh, dude. Because that would be, sick, that'd be like the shit. Because I think he could do something, man. I think that would be yeah. a really cool sound. Not those days are long gone, I'm just saying. But that would have been the shit.
2: Well, Sykes put out that song. We played it on uh, the beginning of the show here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and CO- didn't mean, yeah.
3: I don't mean to imply Sykes <laughs> doesn't have it anymore. But, I mean, back then when he was just writing, like, everything he wrote just sounded badass. Right, I mean, right. Blue Murder, White Snake, you know, all that shit was slip of the tongue. That's all good shit. Wasn't that what it was? Yeah, that had all those great songs on it. Heat of the night, first Blue Murder, Murder and Stole then the '87 uh, uh, record, White Snake, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the self-titled. Well, actually, the
2: stuff. second Blue Murder was good. Uh, Nothing but Trouble. That was a good record too.
3: Yeah, that kind of. Why don't we play
2: some Blue Murder? Yeah, sure. How about we all fall down? There you go. Let's do it.
3: I could hear that. I really yeah. could. See You're what I'm saying. Yeah, so Sykes or Doug
2: Aldridge are like our top picks. Is that what we agree upon? <laughs> Probably so. In our wish list.
3: Exactly.
2: You know who I'd really like to hear play if he would play flashy again would be if he could make amends with Jakey Lee.
3: Yep. That so would does, be fucking cool because so Jake could do the
2: road stuff really well. Yeah. And then he could also do, you know, this flashy, like, 80s Aussie stuff that he did as well.
3: Nice. That's what I'm thinking.
2: That's what I'll I... That, i that, That's what I
3: think. I'll allow it. <laughs> I'll allow that, mate. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, on to the next uh, big story. You want to take it?
2: Sure, I'll take it over here. If you get so, those. um... Twisted fucking sister. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, J.J. French was in the news here recently. Basically, they kind of asked him, it was like, would you ever get back with Twisted Sister? And now he's You're like, oh, i never say never, but probably not going to happen. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So, um, I mean, is that something? I mean, if if they got back together, that would be something I would go see. I don't know about you. Were you well, a big Twisted fan or no?
3: I mean, I like them. It's not like I would be, you know, I mean, to me, they're one of those bands that were great in their time. But as far as I can, in my head, remember, they had maybe like a handful of amazing songs and that's about it. Mm-hmm. It's not like they just had like this long storied career like Rush or somebody where they just for years and years are just putting out amazing album after amazing album. And that's not to shit on them. I'm just saying I just don't remember them being like that. Maybe they are and I just didn't realize.
2: Well, they had a lot of turmoil within the band after they made it. Okay. D got the big head. He'll be the first one to tell you about it. Right. Um, but, yeah, he was saying, like, uh, when they reformed in 2003, he couldn't believe that they lasted, you know, as long as they did. Uh, but basically, basically said, never say never, but probably not going to happen. Uh, and I know D said, you know, I can't do that shit anymore. I can't put on the makeup and do all that. But you know what? At their age,
0: For the kids. they just
2: went out there and said, fuck the stage clothes and all that. Oh, uh, yeah, just that'd be kind of cool. Yeah.
3: yeah. Kind of like when Kiss said, just forget all that shit. We're just Kiss and let's do some tunes. Right. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool, actually. A, a, a Twisted Sister concert we just without all that shit. Just play the tunes and rock it out.
2: And dude, I'll tell you what. I've got this. It's a... I forget the name of the, the, the DVD set. It was like... A, live set from like back or something like that with D Snyder. And dude is pretty good, man. He's doing twisted stuff uh with the different bands. It's fucking heavy. Yeah. And he still fucking sings great. Um for the love of metal. It was a for the love of metal tour. Uh, okay. Um but I got the DVD. I was like, I don't know if I want this. And I am, I looked some stuff up on YouTube. I was like, ah, it's pretty fucking good." So I bought it. I was like, "Damn." It's so cool to hear these Twisted songs so fucking heavy. But, I mean, he's out there wear, you know wearing normal stage clothes and stuff like that, not wearing the get-up. And he's not rolling on the floor. He thinks he's got to do the full Twisted performance. But you got to realize, when you get up in the age that those guys are at, that you can say, the fans are going to recognize and say, hey, we understand. As long as you sound good, that's all we care about. You, know, you don't have to put on all the fucking shtick. Uh, but yeah. he's like, I'm not going to do it unless I can do the stick. <laughs> All
3: right, I guess. So. If that's the hill you want to die on, bro, then go for it. Yeah, so little-
2: another part of the story is uh, J.J. just put out a brand new um, book called Twisted Business. Lessons from my rock and roll life. Um, he and a guy named Steve Farber. I think I've heard of Steve Farber. I think he does books with a lot of these like rock guys and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, well, I check it out? I don't know. I mean, JJ's a good dude, and we, we did talk to him before. Um, unfortunately, I'm just not really reading a lot of rock docs anymore. Um, but the last part of the story I wanted to bring up is, uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but there was a new copyright infringement on We're Not Gonna Take It by some guy named... Uh, oh, it's a politician, Clyde Yeah, like Parker. an Australian
3: politician or something like
2: that? Yeah. So Clyde Parker could have... Could have used the song if he had negotiated with universal the label and saved himself a shit ton of money from what i understood he was negotiating with them they gave him a price and then he said i'm not doing well and it then went off and did it anyway he so he fucking stole their song and said yeah. oh fuck it man, i can't afford that i'll just That's take right. me chances All right. and so now he's we'll out like move, i think God. a million and a half or something like that
3: yeah, that's the thing. You don't get to fuck around like that, dude. You don't just take your chances. <laughs> yeah, it's not a They
2: won't idea. notice, mate. I'm all the way down here, mate. It's fucking. It.
3: Like, I'm too far. They can't see me. It's <laughs> no like, shit. It's not how it works, bro. Holmes, he lost all his campaign money, Holmes. See, that's the thing, man. You don't want to fuck with the lawyers, dude. Mm-mm. But, you know, it, it goes to the bigger thing of, you know, fucking But music. you know what?
2: Hold real quick Hold that thought. The funny thing is, is had he just used it and not said anything to anybody, this probably wouldn't even be in a story because no one would even fucking know. Right. You know what I mean? Sure. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
3: That's okay. It's just one of those things that, you know, people make decisions and, you know, a lot of times you just regret them. But in, in the age of the internet, you can't make a uh, fuck up and expect to get away with it. <laughs> the whole yeah. world's going to find out and they're all going to shit on you and like, you dumbass. But you know, people keep making these mistakes all the time. I mean, if it were that easy to avoid, I guess we would. But you just, in the moment, I just, just why you just shouldn't fuck with that stuff. But I, but I, I was where I was going with that is, it leads to a bigger uh, story of, of the music industry and how they still just. These motherfuckers still have a hold on things, man. Yeah. And, and it bugs the shit out of me. I was reading an article. I'm looking for it now. That it was about this. And it's about how um, it has to do with the music of... Uh, well, let me, well, let me back up a bit. The deal is this. Is that they're finding out now, back in the day, like, say, a show like... Uh, what was that show called? Uh, Dawson's Creek, right? These All these shows, like, on the CW and stuff. A lot of these shows, even Friends, right? In the time that they came out... The they have like a rock soundtrack to them, right? Because it's right. hip to have that kind of stuff or Felicity, any of these shows where they're like, let's have the hot song of the day in our episode. And what happens is, um, well, what what has happened is that those shows are like 20, 30 years old or whatever now and they're going into syndication or they go to Netflix or something and people are finding out, they play this uh, episode and they're like, oh yeah, I remember this, but they had that cool song and they play it, and the song is different. It's a completely different song. Mm-hmm. It Like, here was this famous song by like, it'd be like Elvis Costello, and they always remember it, like, does it really fit the mood of that? yeah. yeah. When he broke up with her or whatever. And then it's like some song by some joker you've never heard of, some independent artist. And you're like, what the fuck happened? And what happens is um, you find out these shows, uh, when they made the show at the time, the way they were able to get the song in the show – with a popular hit song like that, is that they signed a limited life contract. Oh, okay. They said, yeah, for five years, we're able to get this song at this nice, cheap rate. But after that five years is over, if they want to renegotiate, say, oh, we want to, you know, we want to put it in syndication on Netflix, and, you know, guess we got to pay for the songs again. So how much is that going to be, bro? And they're just like, oh, would you like the song back? And (laughs) they just fucking jack. It's like, bend over, bro. And they whip out the industrial vaseline tub. And they just up the ass, bro. They charge you ridiculous rates. And so the companies are like, we're not going to pay all that fucking money on this old show. So what happens is they literally go through painstakingly and find all of those songs in all of those episodes and replace them with like stuff that's kind of like, free music you know just like cheap super cheap music by unknown artists and it completely ruins the whole feel of the fucking show yeah yeah. a lot of these shows they're famous for having that cool soundtrack well that's fucking gone now because Mm -hmm. the company doesn't want to pay the rights for it and that led me to this thing where it's like well that's fucking great all of these fucking greedy ass record companies yeah you know especially with you know the, the new way everything's going because of the Internet, you know, they're losing all this money because artists can now kind of go independent, publish their own music on their own uh, for not much money and keep all the profits for themselves and leave the record company out. And so they're like greedily holding on to the shit they still own, which is like most of the music we know. Right. I mean, all yeah. of Led Zeppelin's catalog, everything, it's like they own it. So they're like, fuck you, you're not going to get to play this anywhere unless you yeah. pay us a shit ton of fucking money to make up for all the money we're losing with artists, you know, leaving us. So, fuck that, man. It just makes you angry. It's like, why don't you, like, every let people enjoy this fucking music, man? Right, right. You know, the reason that music is so valuable to you, the reason you can charge these exorbitant fees for licensing is because people love that fucking music. They grew up with it. It's part of our culture. It's, a, it's part of our lives, you know, for better or for worse. So quit being a bunch of dicks. Lower the prices on it to reasonable rates. Everybody will go nuts licensing your music because everybody wants that music. Everybody's happy. You don't get to make as much money. You get one less boat for Christmas, you know, for the executive. Big fucking deal. Quit being a bunch of pricks. Well, that's the whole point, too. By leaving it in, if someone's
2: like, oh, I fucking love that song, they may go to Amazon and go purchase a single or a soundtrack or whatever. Instead, you got fucking johnny the jockstraps
3: right Fucking it's a song. song you've never fucking heard of and in fact there was some episode um recently they that not uh, around the article but they said like in the song yeah it was an x-files episode and in it um there was some thing where like there's some creepy guy and he kept uh see, whenever he saw her he'd say he would be singing by the sea that old bobby darren song mm-hmm. he would be singing that song and uh and so when he saw her he said i'll see you by the sea or something like that and because they couldn't play that song off the radio for her to go oh shit you know he knows something or he was in my dreams because he knows that song i was thinking of he's singing it you know it was an integral part of the episode and now it's some other song that's got nothing to do with it so now it makes no sense for the entire plot of the episode because they couldn't license that song because it cost too much money and you're like, wow. that's just fucking great. Thanks for ruining our story, you assholes. Because... I'm fucking believable. And then the other part of it, too, you can look at is well, you guys made this episode and you crafted this piece of art or whatever, but you don't want to pay for it to keep being art? You know, it's too expensive for you to license the show. You, don't, you didn't make enough fucking money off the X Files by now. Right. You know, that you can't release some of it to pay for the episode so the episode stays intact. Right. But, you know, that's it's the greed that pisses me off, man. Oh, I and agree. I think that's because they see <clears throat> their wagon train fucking disappearing you know yeah. because everybody's able to do shit for themselves now thanks to the internet yeah true but oh well that's just a rant that I wanted to go on hey guys
1: yeah. what just want to let you know that the uh, Doc Straps and myself has, uh, <laughs> we've uh, benefited uh, very well from these uh, record companies
3: how good maybe you can
1: a lot of them. our songs have ended up in episodes of uh, Dawson Creek uh, X-Files
2: Married with Children.
1: Uh, Married with Children? Damn strange. Seventy show.
2: Bullshit. I've never seen it that 70 show with the Johnny and the Jock straps in the fucking credits.
1: Watch a motherfucker.
2: Okay, I'll go back and watch every episode to see that. What's the name of the song? Good
1: Times and Good Bags.
2: Good times and good vibes. Oh, yeah, that was a huge single for the Jockstraps, wasn't it? You remember that one, don't you, Genghis?
3: No, I don't. <laughs> Never heard of it.
2: Good times and good vibes. It, sounds like it, it does sound like a 70s song, though. Um, yeah.
3: Well, I uh, think John played
2: skin flute in that song.
3: Probably. He probably plays it all the time. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, stuff from the old days... Little... That- Another kind of exciting, it could be very exciting news. And that is uh, that there's a Heavy Metal reboot happening.
2: No. Okay. Well, is it going to be better than Heavy Metal 2? I think anything's better than Heavy Metal. Is it, so it's a reboot, though?
3: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And so, here, I'll read it off. This is off giantfreakingrobot.com. So Heavy Metal could be making a comeback here and fans of the old film have more than a few reasons to get excited about what some recent news could mean. And that's because Deadline has it that the publishing company and magazine are working to develop a television and movie division that will begin to convert original stories from the magazine pages into different productions. This is an exciting announcement that could mean a reboot of the heavy metal movie as well as a number of other new works. That would be the shit I've said for years on this show, as a matter of fact, every chance I yeah. get, that it would be amazing with the cool kind of uh, technology we have now to make stuff just in CG. Even if you made an all-CG heavy metal uh, movie with the way we That would done, be you pretty know, badass, as, man. Yeah, as far as CG has come, dude, it could be fucking amazing. We could do some really cool... Get some of the cool writers of today. Make okay. some really cool original stories and upgrade all of those... Uh, I mean, you gotta have the what is that chick called? The Tarakian or whatever. The
2: the Tarakian. Chick.
3: Yeah, the chick with the funky, uh, the naked bird. Yeah, that she with the white around. hair. Yeah, with the white hair. Uh, Tarcanian. Tar- that's what it is. The bird riding. Oh, tar- okay. Yeah. Get her out there and you know make her because remember at the end of it the little girl became the new Tarcanian. Right. And so you can just have that sort of story develop and move on and and you can do some really cool shit with it. And so all, if it's
2: a reboot. Do they go back and do the original stories and build on them or what?
3: Well, I don't know. I think if you, if you do the same stories you did before, then technically you call that like a remake, right? You already did it. You're just doing it again and obviously with newer assets or whatever. But a reboot just says, "We're keeping the same original sort of theme or idea, yeah. we're just doing it with all new stuff. So you theoretically could mm-hmm. redesign the Tarkani and have her look like a totally different kind of a person. Yeah. Or- or make it a you. man, or do whatever you want to do. Make it a robot, who cares? But the point is, we can get a lot of these cool-ass stories back, and the main part of Heavy Metal, what made it really cool, is the badass soundtrack. soundtrack was amazing. So imagine the cool, man, like if you got like Dream Theater in there, or Tesseract to do a song, and, and yeah. uh, other badass uh, bands in there to really help throw Mudvayne, I don't care, just do some really neat shit with it.
2: That would be was- pretty badass man i'd be all about that for sure yeah.
3: so uh who knows how uh soon that'll be coming uh it says here it, it gets a little confusing around the name heavy metal it's because in the case we're referring to both the cult movie as well as the printed magazine because of course if anyone doesn't know that uh, heavy metal the movie came about from heavy metal the magazine which was right sort of adult oriented uh comic magazine that had a lot of original stories and stuff. It was really cool. In fact, a lot of artists got their start in there doing some really neat artwork in that kind of fantasy, sci-fi sort of style.
2: But you got to admit, a lot of the that movie was made by like John Candy, Eugene Levy. Yeah, uh, a lot the of character the...
3: voices were just fucking incredible. Harold Ramis was in there. Yeah, Harold those, Ramis. Like yeah. all the Second City guys were in there. Yeah, which was kind of amazing. Yeah. And so that'd be another thing you could do. Put some really cool, you know, comedic actors or whatever from today. Don't put fucking uh, Seth Rogen or any of those dickheads in there. <laughs> Don't let them near that. Get, get cool people like Paul Rudd or somebody or, yeah. or whatever. Uh, and somebody who actually would be interesting. And, uh, and I think you could have a lot of fun with it. So uh, hopefully that'll happen soon within the next year or so. Uh, that's the other thing about the technology is we can have this kind of sophisticated graphics and cool looking stuff. But it goes a lot faster than it used to. It used to take yeah. years to put together an animated movie with computer graphics. Guys, got me. wanna watch it, Holmes? I know, dude. I, I think I'd be really fucking hip to that. But uh, I don't have any more details than that. But I was just excited about how it's kind of official. They're moving forward. Because now this is the thing. Every, everybody can potentially do stuff and just release it on Netflix. It doesn't even have to go to theaters. You could sell it to Netflix or, or Amazon Prime or whatever. Or uh, yeah. HBO Max or something and still make a pretty cool series out of it that a lot of people could enjoy. Did you ever see...
2: it was a series, yeah.
3: Yeah, that's what I mean. So, like, on uh, Netflix, they had that series. What is it? Love, Sex, and Robots or something like that. Did you ever see that? Mm -mm. You should watch it. It's really cool. It's basically kind of like heavy metal. Oh, wow, cool. Yeah, it's a bunch of, like, stories that aren't necessarily tied together, but a bunch of different stories, but it's all done in, like, computer graphics and animation and they're all uh, just—it's all just a series. The first one was really amazing about these robots that fight in an arena, or, or animals slash robots that fight in an arena. And that was pretty wild. There's one with like a, a lady ninja, robot ninja, or something. Mm-hmm. It's pretty—it's pretty cool. It's some neat shit. I think you'd dig it. It's got—it's got humor. It's got you know action. It's got all that kind of stuff. It just didn't have the bitchin' like hard rock metal soundtrack. Right. That's what That's what really puts it over the top for people of our age who saw heavy metal. Is he sure. had all that cool music in addition to all that bad? Because fucking Mob Rules, man. How awesome was that? Fuck yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, we One of my favorite goes.
2: Cheap Trick songs of all times in that movie, Reach Out.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, we Steely, should play that. I think Steely Daniels. I'd love it that fucking song. Donald Fagan. You go for it.
2: Reach Out and Take It. Or it's just Reach Out, or whatever. Cheap Trick. Again. <laughs>
3: For cheap trick, they're the shit. Yeah, totally, man. Well, all right, I think uh, that's well, this
2: time. I think it's about that time, Bizon. How about that classic time, Mr. G? Okay, so you were going to go... I know what you're going to pick as your classic. Go ahead and do it, Paysan.
3: Well, you know the band. I haven't, uh, I haven't really decide. Well, if you
2: don't know the song, I will take it. Right. Because this is another song. Or another... From another band that we kind of talked about tonight. And I was jamming to this earlier today. I just fucking love this record. Uh-huh. I love the song. Um, Widowmaker. Dee Snider's solo band after he left Twisted Sister. Uh, they did the record Blood and Bullets with our boy Al Petrelli on guitar. Forget about it. But this song, I just fucking love it. It's just really good, melodic, uh, great chorus, sing along. Uh, just a killer record, man. The whole thing's great. Uh, what about, we? let's go with uh, We Are the Dead. <sighs> Those apples. Why
3: that? Yeah, and uh, so that leads it to me. Yes, sir. Well, you know what I'm gonna. You probably knew what I was gonna pick, but uh, I just wanted something that would showcase the amazing guitar work of the amazing Dan Huff. So that if you don't, have never heard of Giant, never heard of Dan Huff's stuff, this will make you a believer. Holmes Amazing. <laughs>
2: I'm a Believer, Paisang.
3: Exactly. So, uh, Giants, I'm a Believer begins with this amazing uh, fucking run, which uh, is just him shredding all over the fucking place. So Fuck yeah. Here.
2: Let's do it. <laughs> Coming to an end. We all know it.
3: There's no stopping in Holmes. It came quick, Holmes.
2: We came quick.
1: That's what she said.
2: Alright, that works. That works. Good for you. That's right. Well, I can't I believe not. he's still awake. He's usually asleep by now. Um My pick of the week is gonna be a band I dig. Uh Hardline. They got a brand new record coming out here pretty quick. Uh just released their new single from the new album called Heart, Mind, and... Say it Thank with you. me, Paisan. Soul
3: Paisan. Oh, exactly.
2: So, uh... uh Mr. Gioli is back. Got some new good music, mate. And it's really cool. Actually, the song... Actually, it's funny, when I heard this, I was like, fuck. Hardline got fucking heavy, man. I really dig this, man. It starts off kinda, and then it gets heavy. It was like, fuck, what happened? I like it. I like where they're going with this. So, can't wait to hear the whole record. I was excited to hear this new single. Here we go. A little fuel to the fire. Fire!
3: Immerse? No. Immerse is a UK metalcore band and uh, they've got an album out uh, called The Weight That Holds Me Here. And uh, it's their, I think, their second album. And they just, I like, I heard this track and I was just blown away. I was like, this motherfucker's got a nice, brutal beat. It's got some really, it's got just a really energetic feel to it. I think you'll dig it. And it's titled appropriately Burn.
2: Burn, bitch, burn homes? No, just burn. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> Let's do it. Go
0: out by yard and wash it!
2: It wasn't the deep purple version of Burnham home
3: No, sir. Like, but it did make me punch my cat.
2: <laughs> no shit. Quite by Which one? <laughs> one of the five. And <laughs> that's right. The one who was that one to close sp- to me, I would have punched it. Motherfuckers like, are hiding. I was like, they're gonna play that song, mate. It wants to... <laughs> it makes them want to hit cats. I know, so... About a run.
3: The cat hitting song is not for me.
2: Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So, speaking of cats... Oh, no. So after the cat shit earlier, uh-huh. I ran after her. I was like, you motherfucker, wipe your ass. So she goes to the can, gets some little toilet paper with a little paw over there. She goes, I'm wiping ass. You know what? Fuck you. I said, what's your problem? She goes, don't worry about it. I just want to give you two. Holes. Oh, up? So-
3: Tracy G, who is the third unofficial member of the group. We appreciate all of his work, especially the Broken Man song, which is a theme song too, in the Rock podcast. And also we to Right and Rock Contest. Also, we're gonna give high
2: props to our boys in Sonic X. Adam and Joseph have lent us 13 to finish the show. So what you're listening to right now is 13 by Sonic X. So check them out and keep checking us out. And Horns up! up.